All right, you're welcome to your Sports Memo podcast brought to you from the stables of acosports.com. And this is our Women's World Cup special, Australia and New Zealand special. It's a World Cup like no other because we're going to be taking our time to talk about some of those things that have been happening right there in Australia and New Zealand. Many of those things that, you know, has got a lot of people talking, got us talking as well. I mean, from the African teams to the standout performers to the disappointing teams so far, especially now that the first round of matches have been concluded. And, uh, well, uh, the picture of things are looking clearer by the day in terms of how the groups are, you know, shaping up. So you're welcome to the Sportsman World Podcast. And I'll be your host today on the show. I am blessing for Wowe. And I've got uh, my friends here with me on the pod. Together we are doing this. We're going to talk about a lot of things. As you know, as regards the Women's World Cup going down right there in Australia and New Zealand. Okay, I'm going to introduce uh, Dufan, who is here. Uh, Dufan is here with us. We also have uh, Shola, who is also here with us. And together we'll be diving into some of these discussions and talking points that we have around the Women's World Cup. Uh, Dufan, it's great to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Blessing. Okay, Shola, how are you doing? I'm good, Blessing. Thank you very much for having me this evening. Okay, I don't know you guys don't sound excited that we've seen the first round of matches in terms of what you predicted for the expectations. I don't know. Am I am I being poor to think that we're not excited yet? I mean my prediction is still ongoing. I mean it's it's not uh what's it called? It's not bad like what Sue predicted the last time. I mean her predictions are like inside the gutter like right now. <laughs> I know, I know, right? I know, right? But one of the things that have really jumped at me so far from, you know, since the start of the comment that we've seen is in terms of the attendance. And, you know, I, I, I was having a discussion with someone from last week who said that, you know, uh, not, not many people care for women's football, not many would care to sit down and watch. And, you know, I had to sit him down and educate him that, you know, things have, you know, changed. Like, you are looking at, you know, the women's game with, uh, you know, the ideologies that we have from, you know, from times past. But, I mean, we've been proven, for many of them, they've been proven wrong with the kind of times of uh, attendance that we've seen at the venue so far from the host nations to uh, the co-hosts, uh, you know, to some other games, you know, having as much as 27,000, 31,000 in terms of, you know, attendance there. And um, even having viewers, I mean, uh, skyrocketing in terms of uh, viewers on TV, I mean, millions of viewers and what have you. I uh, saw FIFA release a statement that, you know, they've also broken uh, record in terms of number of tickets sold so far. So that shows... Uh, the improvements or let me say the progress that we are beginning to record or that we're building on from the 2019 Women's World Cup and now we are seeing that now. So guys, uh, let's just start here with talking about the first round of matches. Now that we've seen the first round of matches, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to start with Dufan here and I really want to know who, what team, who or what team or what person you think has been a standout performance, uh, performer rather and who has surprised you so far. Let's see who has surprised me. Um, I, I'm Haiti. In as much as they lost, I mean, they really surprised me. I was not expecting them to lose uh, by just a goal. I was thinking maybe they would lose like maybe like five Wide goals new and like five goals or four goals. I did not expect it to turn out like this and. Well, for and Brazil as well. Um, was it what's her name? Ari Borges. This is like my first time seeing her. 
actually. Uh, I did not see her during the finalissima match we played against Brazil. I mean, in uh, it's. I know it's. Uh, what team did they even play against? Is it Panama? I know they played yeah, against they played a, Panama. Against a low team, but her performance was really good. And yeah, Caroline. I'm actually watching out for Caroline because of the rumors surrounding Manchester signing her. So yeah, I was um, amazed by what um, Caroline did as well. Uh, but I want to see how Brazil fare against a team that presses really well because Panama just allowed them play freely. They played like very close to Panama's um, half. So it was when I saw, like, when I, while I was watching the whole match, I saw the way they were playing and Panama was giving them space and they were not even pressing them. So I want to see how they'll fare against a team that builds and a team that presses a lot. Let's say, I want to say maybe Germany or Netherlands. Yeah, so the next match is something to look forward to. To look forward to. Okay. Um, Philippines. Uh, yeah. Philippines. Okay. They wow. Philippines, yes, that's... Uh, they, they, I mean, New, New Zealand came and introduced us to a vibe they could not, you know, they could Sustain. not keep. <laughs> yeah. not maintain. So, <laughs> like, why, why are they introducing us to something they cannot maintain? Which kind behavior is that one? So, kudos to the um, Philippines team as well. I, I already know New Zealand will not make it out of that group. I've already said it's Australia and Nigeria that is making it. Shall I go and check my this thing, my prediction again? Australia, Nigeria. <laughs> Australia, Nigeria. We are coming out of that group. So yeah. Okay. Well, um, Shall I Dupont mentioned uh, Ari Borges, and he was one of those players who has kind of taken us all by surprise, honestly, because I never heard of her even before the World Cup. And to see that she scored a hat-trick and also provided an assist in that game, uh, I mean, that's really incredible for someone like her. Uh, playing a team that has matter, you know, a team that's trying to redefine their identity, trying to move on from the old legs into, you know, building something new entirely. Um, while Ari Borges is somebody, I, I mean, I also saw Linda Caicedo for Colombia following up performance from the 17 Women's World Cup to the 20 and now with the national team. I don't know if you have contrary opinions to some of the standard performance uh, in terms of players or maybe teams as well uh, from the first round of matches of Well, um, no, I do not have um, contrary opinions. Actually, I think what I would even say is just to portray that Haiti, yes, 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 yes. Haiti were very, very, very impressive. And they were just, they were quite unlucky in front of Rome, you know. But maybe that's it's part of the inexperience, you know, as a debutant and all of that. But Haiti were very, very good. Other team that impressed me was Jamaica. Jamaica was mm. solid against France. Jamaica was. And it's such a that against Panama they are going to be missing their, uh, their, their major player which is uh, what's that name now the man Manchester City striker um, Kadija Bonishaw you know she got a red card at the tail end of that game and I was like God 
I would have loved to see, you know, I before the game, it was going to be a battle of Bonnichol against Wendy Renard, you know, and it was quite a battle actually. And in fact, eventually, it was a challenge on Wendy Renard that led to the second yellow card where she saw a red card. And, you know, I, it's so, it was so painful to see, you know, a team that put on so much fight and then lose their talismanic striker going into the next game. But then, like uh, Dufan said and you buttressed, the Brazilian player, you know, was quite impressive. And then you mentioned Linda Casedo, who was also one player I said I was going to look out for at this tournament. In fact, at this tournament, a lot of the players I, I, um, I outlined to look out for were quite... A lot of them are young players, so I'm not even shocked that young players are shining. And then to take it further, you know, if you look at Nigeria too, it was literally the young players that really shone in that game, you know. So, yeah. Abiodun, Deborah, and then our goalkeeper, Chiavaka, you know. So, I think it's been, so far, it's been good. And so, Abiodun impressed me. That's in addition to what you and Dufan have said. Abiodu, Chiamaka, no, no, today. Chiamaka is an impressive <laughs> <Julia>. senior woman. <laughs> and then Haiti, Haiti and um, Jamaica were the teams who were in that first round. Yes, indeed. Uh, b- before we leave this subject of, uh, you know, talking about first round um, performance, I want to also talk about the co host, uh, New Zealand. Dufan mentioned New Zealand briefly when she was speaking about how they gave us something that they couldn't sustain eventually. But I'm here thinking, as a co-host, they needed to make a statement in their first game. And maybe that's what they did. Don't you guys think so? Well, they made a statement. But, I mean, you would have thought that if you are beating Norway, I mean, if you are beating Norway in that first game and you made a statement and you had the home crowd going for you you should have come with the same vibe in fact that should have not even just same vibe you should you should come in with a higher you know higher with higher confidence going into the second game against a lowly ranked philippine team you know but well that's football like they say it's it comes up with surprises and then yeah yeah, the philippines surprised us and thanks to their goalkeeper who was Mm -hmm. a thou shall not pass in the goal you know (laughs) olivia and she blocked out everything from entering their their net and they they ran out they ran away with a one new victory yes indeed i mean the goalkeepers have really shown us uh, you know that they are also among uh they should be counted among the numbers in terms of the performances that they've you know are giving us so far, particularly, uh, you know, Nando Zia now with the Philippines goalkeeper. Dufan, um, I wanted to ask you about Norway here. I mean, Norway has been a shadow of themselves. And honestly, a lot of people think that team is just at the Hagerberg and Inshallah at this point. I mean, pretty much just cruise. It's been really disappointing. I mean, the golden generation or the golden age of the Norwegian team, women's national team, is it past them now? I don't. I don't think it's just. I don't think it's um, Ada Hagenberg and Inshallah. I think it's mostly their coach 
because why are you playing um guru guru right and as a midfielder when you know she plays better but at the wings them their only problem i would say is their defense yes they have a not so good defense but besides a defense and a besides the defense i think their midfield and their attack is really good and then adding other to it i think is mostly down to their coach because firstly the first match they lost against new zealand she played their coach played um what's her name uh, caroline graham in midfield meanwhile she thrives in the wings and then this time around she played go right in the midfield while you know she thrives in the wings she's like giving um randy wardrum vibes like for real like why are you playing players in positions where they don't thrive in yeah So I think that's how that is their uh, major problem anyway their coach I was probably expecting to maybe even see the okay well they can't sack her now it will be somehow to sack her in the midst of in the middle of the tournament but I fully expect her to be sacked after the tournament <laughs> but, but yeah. so uh, where this for real because um let's say they have a midfield of um building Dufan, can you go again okay i said their midfield they keep their midfield is really good i mean they don't it's not well not really really good but they really is an exaggeration but the midfield that is good you have um borisa you have Frida, my mom and you have ingrid i said their midfield their coach is playing um Gorayton and caroline graham in midfield while she can easily play frida ingrid and borisa there at least that way you know okay you know how you're fixing them and you know that okay uh maybe you can have Ingrid drop deeper and you can have Frida and view the upfront then you can have Guru and CGH Caroline both wings so i think that is their major problem i don't think what blessing said about their team being Ada and Ada yes mm. it's mostly about their coach because i mean they introduced us to a vibe and they've kept it till now so it's mostly their coach okay mostly their coach all right okay now um, let, let's let's move on with this conversation and um, talk about the african teams at the world cup so far nigeria is the only team yet to consider go and the other african teams uh they've considered uh Zambia considered five Morocco considered six and uh South Africa considered two it felt like they were going to still draw in that game but um it was uh, eventually didn't go their way and in terms of discipline here uh, uh Zambia's Catherine Musonda has two yellow cards already and of course red cards uh, we have uh, she, she got a red card that's two yellow cards making a red card and of course also Debra Biodun also getting a red card so you can talk about maybe discipline problems here for the African side but 
that aside, what would your first thoughts be about the African teams from the first round, Shola? Well, like you said, Super Falcons of Nigeria are the only ones with a point. And I, I guess that's that shows why we are the most experienced team um, on the continent in terms of the World Cup. And even in terms, in, yes, generally, that it just shows why we are the most experienced team. I mean, we've been at every FIFA World Cup final. So this is the ninth edition and this is our ninth appearance. So, because, you know, I saw the Zambia game, I saw the Morocco game, I saw the a bit of the South Africa game, and you could tell for Zambia now I, it was obvious that yeah, warm up game they played beautifully, fearlessly beat Germany, played um, I think it was Switzerland they played the one one draw with you know they were impressive, but this is what you get when when we are really in the in the in um what's it called now when the ball is there for you to play like when you're at on center stage when the, the spotlight is on you this is where we now know you know if you really know how to go for the juggler or how to go about things and i think under the real pressure yes when you're under pressure that experience showed me the super falcons of nigeria you know Initially, we were G3, as always. Initially, we were G3, but the game steadied, you know, and then eventually we began to find our footing. For Zambia, that one, I even that game, I calmed down to watch it because Zambia was one of the things that I was like, ah. So I watched it from beginning to the end, and it was obvious at no point did Zambia play their game. They could not get hold of the ball, they just kept. And my problem, you know, I knew Japan was going to be a problem for them because I always say that, you know, Asian teams are very technical. Asian teams are very technical. And one of the biggest problems with African teams, apart from the coaching, is that we do not have so many technical players. So when you are coming to face, you know, you are coming from a continent where you do not have so many players who are very technical, and then you are coming to play a team that they are known for being very technical. You know, it's you will see the gap. You will see the way they were playing through the lines, the way they were making use of spaces, their touch on the ball, the way they they just move one touch, one turn, and it's taking out the players. You know, Zambia were all over the place. So the inexperience was so obvious. So at the point when they were even defending, they just had to be clearing the ball. So I, I doubt Bab, uh, Barbara had up to 20 touches. At the point they were just clearing the ball, they could not even settle. Because, and even that 5 new is plus a B minus um, VAR offside calls, minus like two or three brilliant saves that the Zambian goalkeeper made. So it yeah. would have even been worse. More than that. So yes. For Morocco too, you could see the inning. Of which, funny enough, Morocco the Morocco <laughs> the Morocco defense was quite solid in the half court. I mean the outcome. It was quite solid, you know. But then 
they were playing the Germans. And I think what even made it worse for Morocco was this was Germany coming, Germany coming off the back of a defeat into mm. the tournament. Women you know, it's a yeah. different vibe. Yes, you know you are one of the favorites, but it's a different vibe if you are now coming and you know you had good results coming to the tournament. You might relax a little bit, but they came on the back of a 3-2 loss to Zambia. So they knew that they had to keep the ground running and they did that against Morocco. And Morocco suffered for it. Morocco too were all over the place. It was a problem. We could see their debutants, so we could see the lack of experience. They were under so much pressure. South Africa, well, it's their second appearance. You know, I guess it still comes with second appearance. They, they took the lead, but they could not maintain it. And you know, the Swedes, you know, you know, there are some countries that you call tournament teams. You just always put them here that this was tournament. That is what the Swedes are. They are, they are a tournament team. You know that they would always turn up. You know, so South Africa went in front, but they could not maintain that, and then eventually considered. So, so I mean, a lot of inexperience on the part of the African teams. Inexperience. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, I wanted to circle back to Zambia for a bit. Uh, Dufan, I'm looking at, I, I, I keep casting my mind back to how Zambia did at the Olympics last year, the kind of run that they had. They were also making their debut at the Olympic and I mean, they were one of the surprise packages of the tournament with how far they went and the kind of performance that they put in. And I was wondering here, could it, the absence of Grace Chanda in that team, because if you remember what she did, she was one of the most important member of that squad at the Wacom last year. Maybe that might have affected them in a bit. And also seeing that their first choice goalkeeper, you know, I mean, uh, suffering an ACL injury and at the end of the day, they have to settle for a second choice. We eventually got a red card again and they have to bring in a third choice goalkeeper. They are having problems with that goalkeeper department now because I'm wondering how they're going to, you know, run on gas with just one goalkeeper for the rest of the tournament. Uh, but do you think that they, they kind of missed Chris Chanda in that, in that team? Just imagine what Chris Chanda could do with Danaji and Bakabandi. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, I think they miss her as well. But, I mean, watching from... Watching their... I did not watch their last game. I did not watch at the end. But the part of... The part I watched... Yeah, what's her name? Um, Rachel was isolated... Like she was isolated at in her position, she wasn't really upfront like that, and it was just uh, what is her name, Barbara? Uh, yeah, um, I, I can't, uh, I think so, yeah. yes, yes, she was just upfront alone with no help, and then Rachel was behind and isolated. And the in fact, their whole gameplay was unorganized was not organized like they were not playing like uh people that have been playing professional footballers it was their play was everywhere they were not calm it's like they were playing like they were nervous nervous so let's just see what they do hopefully they bounce from that performance and do better in Next oh, game. Yes, hopefully they bounce back indeed. But it's gonna be hard, really. It's gonna be really hard for them. Uh, 
But because they are in a group that has Japan, that has Spain, that has Costa Rica. Honestly, I'm wondering which of these teams they're going to beat. But but of course, as debutants, they probably want to leave their mark with I mean it's really just a point. Get a point and leave. I was making a research um yesterday, ladies, and I, I saw that for Nigeria for I mean we we spoke we, we, we speak a lot about how we have been at every edition of the Women's World Cup from inception, how we are, you know, this dominant piece for Africa there. And I was shocked to find out that in 26 games, we have only won four from 1999. I mean, from the inception till now. And in fact, in one of those games, we lost, uh, I mean, scandalously to, was it Norway? Yes, it's near, if you remember. I, think, I can't remember which year that game was. But of course, that's one of the biggest defeats in the, in the history of government's World Cup. We've only won just four. But we are always ever present. Are we looking at a situation whereby it would be difficult to ask that talent here, Chola? Well, I think, to be honest, everybody that asked me or that has spoken to me, I think it will be difficult. Because, you know, see Australia, even without some care, I think we would struggle against Australia. And like I've consistently said, it is not because we do not have the quality to take us out of this group. But I'm not a big fan of Randy Wilder. Uh, Randy Wilder, rather. I'm not a big fan of our coach. I think he's too, he's too, he's trying to play too safe. Look at the game against Canada. We could have gone for the jugular. It takes forever to make attacking changes. You have attackers on the bench that can come in and change the game. You refuse to play them. You just keep, you know, you have uh, midfielders that, that can come in and change the game. Um, H- um, H- Gini, I can't pronounce her name very well now. That girl H- H- at some point, she should have come on at some point and be a creative spark. She was there up until I think 80, late 80. She probably just played five minutes or something. So our coach is not, is not, I don't use adventurous, but it doesn't take the initiative. Yes, that's the word. It doesn't take the initiative. See this, um, the game against Canada. The second half, when you know, you come into everything goes into the dressing room, half time, zero, zero. You come in after half time. No team wants to start the, the second half on a bad foot, losing, um, conceding a goal. No team wants to. Then we concede a penalty. And then our goalkeeper saves the penalty against Christian Sinclair, like against the legend of women's game. Uh, the, the momentum should have shifted to us automatically. The energy should have shifted to us. We should have taken the game by the scruff of the neck. Because at some point, we started causing these people problems. But the Onega was there up until how many minutes? Doing basically nothing. I wasn't impressed. But you had Monday gift, you had um, uh, Uche Nakanu. You had all of them on the bench. You didn't play them. And you were giving them two minutes, three minutes. So come and do what? You know, so I feel like the fact that we cannot take the initiative, our coach cannot help us, cannot take the initiative, is going to hinder us here. And you are playing against the host. 
the truth is New Zealand and Australia are co-hosts. Yeah. Yeah. So you are playing against the co-hosts. So the fans are not going to be sitting there in the stadium and just be looking at you around there. They are going to be the toughest man in the stadium. They are going to try and lift their team. And even without the fans, it's not like Australia is a bad team. They have, they have a solid team. So it's going to be a tough one. Mm, going to be a tough one for Nigeria. But of course, we continue to offer a miracle. But left <laughs> me, based on what I've seen from Randy um, Wardrobe, I do not think that he has what it takes to lead that team out of that out of that group. But too far, is it to say that there were no positive at all in that draw against Canada in terms of how the team played? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I did, so I don't even tire for Randy Wardrobe because I think his game is just play the ball to Oshola, play the ball to Oshola, Oshola must score, if Oshola no score, we are doomed. So, and he's, I don't know, and he's very obsessed with playing players in different positions that I know theirs. Like, what are you trying to do? What kind of experiment is that one? Play these players where they thrive, where they thrive better, or where they play better. You are playing, I'll be playing somebody like um, everybody in midfield when you know she drives in up front, or you're playing what is her name? Is it uh, Tony Payne as a left back? That's a Nigerian Sevilla player. Why do I keep pulling her? Stop me, uh, please. You mean Ashley Plumter? Ashley Plumter, Plumter is the one playing as left back. Ashley Plumter, yeah. And we're going to, sorry, Dufan. And if you know, I was going to say this if he plays Ashley Plumter at left back against Australia. Against Australia, yeah. right winger is Russell. Russell is going to is going to stress Plumta. So let's see how it goes. But Russell is going to stress her a lot. And you know she's going to wasn't our left back. Wasn't our left back before. No, like was... we don't have left backs in that team. Um Rafia yeah. is there. We do. But he was playing a, a winger. I think he was playing a winger as a left back before he started playing Ashley as a left back. Uh, I think it's Tony I think Tony Payne wants to play wants to play that position, but yes. at, at that point he was trying different people. And then also because Tony Payne has been he's this player who can play across different different parts of the pitch, basically. But of course not centre back and not goalkeeping. But I've seen that I've seen him play in that role. Move out to the midfield at some point, you know. Move out to the right as well at some point, uh, at some point as well. But ladies, I'm wondering here: Did you see how the team lined up without the ball at different points in that game? Shouldn't that be some sort of cost? Because I see Random always talking about how before the that game, he said his focus had been on that game against Canada. That that's the first game that he, he understands that if he can get a result out of that first game, it gives them the momentum, it gives them the morale going into the rest of the tournament. And then we kind of saw the way, the, the, the shape that the ladies kept, even without the ball. I don't think I've seen the Falcons do that in a while. Yes, I think that was impressive. Defensively, we were solid. Kudos to Osinachi Ohale. Um, Ohale. Yeah. Kudos to Ashley Plumtash. did well defensively. Ohale did well in centre-back. Um... Tosin Demain. The babe that played right back now. Um, Tosin uh, Demain, center back with Ohale. Um, what's that I name? Alozier. Right Alozier, yes. Alozier also did well 
you know so and then in midfield uh, the uh, in that two man defensive midfield debra and uh, the lady with the bridge uh Lady with the oh. bridge and Deborah. Yeah, and I need my mind right now. Yes. So they did well defensively, you know. We were defensively our shape was brilliant. Yes, Uchebe, Christy Uchebe. Yes. Yeah, Christy Uchebe, so, yes. Yes. So defensively our shape was brilliant. But now transitioning to attack was where the problem was. That was where the problem was. And you know we got, we just settled for a draw. When Canada were there for the taking. We just settled for a draw. So that's we're just... celebrating. We're celebrating a draw. Yeah. <laughs> like we have three points. <laughs> well, so you see that that that's my grounds. And I like I always say that football is as much as it's a game of tactics, it's also a psychological game. The moment their major player, their captain, lost the penalty, she did not just lose a penalty. We say it was saved. Momentum should have shifted. They should have gingered each other. The coach should have started looking to make attacking changes because they were there for the taking. But no, we just said, ah, okay, let's just set it for it. Which is basically what I had a problem with. Now, we are going to move have... straight there, though. We are going what, to what did you say? Like <laughs> <laughs> can you, can you repeat that? Yeah, I said so, it. So we can have, have that on marble. <laughs> we are going to win that game against Australia. What okay, chance? So, how many? So, 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 how so this one? How many goals? <laughs> predicts, predicts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, predicts. How many goals? Um, let me see. We are going to win. No man now. When when have we ever scored more than two goals in a game? When? But, but, but yeah. Just apart. Just apart now. This one. Sorry, sorry, Fana. I I wanted to ask. Now that we are having Rashad and Givari back, um, uh, Alima Twaindi, yes, she's back as well. What are those changes that you expect that Randy Wardrum will make going into that game against Australia? I'm expecting Ajibade to go into that team, like walk straight into that starting eleven, because we have we have like a better opportunity, like we have. A, we have an opportunity of even getting a goal because if she's in the field, I don't know. She brings this, she brings this ginger, this aura. Like she wants to win. She's giving it hundred percent anytime she's in the game. So yeah, I like, I like the fact that, I like the fact that she does that. And I think that um, her being in the team is what's giving me that um, confidence that we are going to win that game against Australia. My prediction is 2-1. So, I think we are going to get a late goal. 2-1 to Nigeria. That is cool. Adibade will come back and then Samke will come back from Australia. Samke is injured now. She's going to be injured. You don't want Samke to be well again. She's going to be well after our game. She's going to be well after our game. No, not that cool. Even if Samke comes, our keeper is not... Um, what's it called? Our keeper is not Mary Epps now that Samke has a that Samke is always scoring against. So, this one now, this is Chiamaka. So, this is different. 
Even even if some case, yeah, I say I've already said it that we go win that game. Wanna believe me? I don't already, I don't already enter tomorrow. I don't so already we need s- to make we need to make graphics from different predictions. I'm trusting you. I don't already want that. <laughs> <laughs> We need to make graphics and plastic anyway. God bless me. I don't know what you want that game. The girls have ramped up. They've ramped up the correction for that game with you. And according to a statement from the NFL yesterday, Chema Kanado, you know, she was excused for a day, uh, maybe just to recover her back in training. And um, apparently, Azra Bichola has suffered a knock in that game against Canadians. But um, uh, it looks like she might be starting. I mean, it was a subtle uh, a fitness report by the NFL earlier today. Uh, Zara Paranus is also somewhere on the bench. Uh, Jennifer Chicken is there. Kissman is there. Uchinathan is there. Uh, ladies, before we leave, uh, I'm going to ask for your predictions. But first and foremost, what would your ideal um, 11 be for this game, Shala? Demay and Ohali as centre back. Alozi at right back. Hmm. Ashley Baker did well at left back for me. But yeah, she did well. She did well, but that Russell big. So okay, let's stick with it. You know, they said don't let's don't change a winning formula. What's right? working? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but let let's stick with it. And then in midfield, I'll stick with. Alimatu, Alimatu and they comes in for the boy, I believe. But the boy is, as was given a matching order, so she would miss that game. So I believe Alimatu and they comes in to that game at left back, um, at, in defensive midfield. And then Uchebe, Christy Uchebe with Alimatu and they. And then I would have the three, so I'm doing 4 to 3 1, the three okay. behind the striker. My striker, I would have Onumono as my striker. I would have Onumono as my striker. I would have um, on my right, right wing. I'll go with Ajiba Den Rashidat. Rashidat comes into the right. Then I'll go with Uchena Kanu on the left. Oh no, I think I can even play 442. Yes, I think 442 works. So who is partnering on the one up front? Uh, I'll do partnering on the one up front. I'll do. It's tougher than Ah yes. <laughs> on one up front, I'll do. Uh, okay, let's take it. Um, I'll be Oshola. Oshola. Onumonu, Alimatu Aimbe, Tony Payne, um, Chris Uchebe, and then Ajibade. Ajibade. Okay, after 11 for Shola. Uh, Dufan, what's your ideal starting 11 for that game against uh, Australia? Um, Osinachi. Um, Ohale. Yeah, Ohale, okay. center back, Ohale and Blessing. No, I'll go with um, Rofiat and okay. Ohale at center back options. Uh, then 
for left back. I left back. I would not want Ashley as left back because you so. But who is our for that left back? Okay. Rofiat Rofiat is the left back. Rofiat is the left back and put okay, uh, so, okay. into this. Okay, I'll probably go with Plunter and Ohale as centre backs, and then Rofiat as left back. At least okay. be able to handle whoever is there, and then okay. I have a Lozier. And it's a four for two, right? So for the midfield, for the four, I'll have Christy. I'll have uh, what is her name? Jennifer. I'll have uh, Tony Payne. And then I'll have Alimatu. And then up front, okay. I'm picking. Uh, ah, this is hard up front. But I know. I know Ajibade, I want Ajibade up front and between Onumonu and Gift Monday. Where is Azizat in the starting lineup? Eh? Where is Azizat in the starting lineup? Front? She's, no, she's not playing, no. She's not playing. She's not in my own starting lineup. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was talking about making your starting lineup. That's why I asked. This game, this game, this game is a this game is a is a must win game, and we don't want no, somebody to win. We need our best even... leg. We need our best leg. Nothing is happening. No, no. If nothing is happening. I'm no. making the changes at halftime. I'm telling you, ex blessing. I know we need our best leg, but best leg doesn't. If you know, there's a difference between having best leg and having players who show up. We don't need somebody that would come into a game and start playing with nonchalant behavior. That is my biggest problem with um, uh, Oshola. Like sometimes she plays like she doesn't want to be there with with. Uh, she's playing as if she doesn't want to be there, as if she's bigger than the team. Or I don't know. When she's playing for Nigeria, she does. She's playing like she doesn't even care. So. I think that's why I don't want her in my own starting lineup because this game is a must win. You know? We have to win this game if we want to stay alive. Must so, win or must not lose. It's not, see, it's not even matter. We need points. So let's just say we go and draw three games. That's three points. We're we, out of the group stage now. So I this is if you want to take your chances against Ireland. Ah. No, I beg, not any chances, please. We're not going to lose that one and draw that one. So it's best to get the job done against Australia than whatever happens exactly. in Ireland. We have, we win Australia three points plus the remaining one, four, That's and four. okay. You are it's so now. confident about this Australia, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shola, you have to, you have, you are going to have to get us a graphics with two fans prediction, two one to Nigeria against Australia. So, what is your own prediction here, Shola? Two one to Australia. Two one to Australia. Australia to win. Okay. Uh, before we leave, what about the other African teams playing in the second round? We have Zambia and Spain. Your prediction for that one? Um, go that day. Because the, you know, the goalkeeping problem is even a huge one for Zambia right now. Yeah. Ah, it's going to that be game tough. is tomorrow, by the way. 
Yes, it's going to be tough. I don't see Zambia taking anything in that game. On the strength of, you know, a great standard of a huge, huge miss. On the strength of what they played against Japan, I don't see them taking anything out of that game, out of that Spain game. But if they shock me, I think the best they'll do is a draw. A draw. Okay, Gifan, your prediction for that one. Zambia and Spain. Normally, everybody would expect everybody expects Spain to win, but this World Cup has been full of surprises, surprises left and right. So, come on, I don't know, zero zero or maybe one one one. Like this, this World Cup self, I don't even know the, the surprises are here and there. You don't even know which thing is going to lose or which like like imagine okay imagine us now england we we went into that game and we won just one zero who would have thought we would win that game one zero so normally we're supposed to trash that country like maybe but yeah i'm predicting a draw i see a draw yes a draw okay uh, Argentina and South Africa, that's on Friday, 1 a.m., uh, 28th of July. So, Argentina and South Africa, that's the other African team there for second round. Hola, what's your call? 1 nil to South Africa. 1 nil to South Africa against. <laughs> okay, Dufa, what's your call? One new Argentina. One new Argentina. Okay, and the last African team in the second round, we have Morocco and uh, uh, Korea Republic. That's in the second round of matches in the group stages. Korea and Morocco. Shola, what's your call? Uh, a draw. One one. One one. A draw. Yes, one more. Hmm, Morocco picking a point out of the World Cup. Okay, Dufan, what's your call? Maybe today starts. <laughs> no, Morocco would come in uh, with very high blood, high ginger. I mean, from the last simulation. So, um, they'll win. I'm saying one new. One new to Morocco. Yeah. Now that is audacious, honestly, for a team that are making their debut at the World Cup and seeing that they don't have much experience. But anyway, we'll watch to see how all of these games will pan out at the end of the day. Uh, so remember, Nigeria is playing against um, Australia at, at 11 a.m. Nigerian time on Thursday. Uh, we'll have that the while Zambia is playing tomorrow. That's Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. Nigerian time against Spain. So um, we have to leave on the Your Sports Memo podcast today. Of course, we've we'll been discussing uh, about the women's work because our work for women's work was special, actually. Okay. Okay. We're talking about some of the things that we've not seen. We'll continue with this conversation as we proceed through the tournament. Okay, we'll have a, a different prediction. Australia, Australia 1, Nigeria 2. We're going to have that, you know, posted uh, everywhere. So, in case it happens, you know, someone has called it already from the beginning. <laughs> Who wants to make you famous? <laughs> I mean, 
I mean, we, we have to push it. So, so they know it's not just coming from anywhere. She's called it from, I mean, from the beginning. So, yes, Octopus, the do fun. Octopus, do fun right here. And I hope that works out at the end of the year. So, it's back here to celebrate that. And uh, other results uh, must have gone our way, especially concerning African things as well. So, uh, this alpha, we can go on your Sports Move podcast today. Thank you for being here, Dupan. Thank you for being here, Shola. Uh, we'll catch you next time. I am blessing you. Au revoir.